0: Hope everybody's having a great day here. It's Wednesday. It's about 10 a.m. Chicago time. We are here recording. We got Brendan Brendan over there. Um we're gonna hello, talk a hello. little bit of hockey. Yeah. How are you doing, Brendan? I'm doing all right on this fine morning. How was your weightlifting competition? I didn't ask you actually. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it went great. I went eight for nine. Um put up uh five hundred ten kg total and in freedom units that's like uh one thousand one hundred pounds. So, pretty good. Um, hope to do a meet again as soon as possible. It was really fun. That was your first meet, right? No, no. That was my second. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah, Brennan's a, Brennan's a strong guy. Loves loves li- lifting weights in the gym. So, um, <laughs> loves squatting. So, uh, we're going to talk a little hockey today. We're going to um, talk a little bit more about the Winter Classic. We expect a formal announcement from the NHL about that tonight um only three games around the league this evening uh and only two at the same time thank god um stars at the maple leafs uh and the bolts will be in madison square garden taking on the rangers both of those games will be at seven o'clock eastern six o'clock central um and then we have the uh hawks and the wild playing uh that will also be here at the united center both teams will open up their uh post all-star game second half um in this one so uh all three games should be pretty exciting in their own right we'll talk about them a little bit uh we'll talk about the games last night not really a whole uh, heck of a lot of news coming around on a day like today um kind of a quiet week kind of a quiet middle of the week after a very loud and uh, movement heavy last week or so so um we did get to see some guys in new colors uh guys make their debuts with the team um andre kuzmenko scored in his flames debut elias Lindholm had two um, so we'll get to all that. Um, I guess we should start in Calgary or with Calgary. Um, they go into Boston, and with the break, we all know that it's going to take some of these teams a bit more. Some guys it takes five minutes, some guys it takes a period, some teams it'll take a period and a half. Um, some of them it might even take a game. I don't really think that, the, I think this game was just a blip on the radar for Boston. Uh, but Cal- give credit to Calgary. They stepped in there. They uh, Andre Kuzmenko got the flames going. Great shot. Um, got the goal. Jacob Pelche made his return to the Flames lineup after a while. I know that was a bright spot for the team. Um, Connor Zary looked really good. He's just been showing his. Uh, the NHL is not a development league, but you can develop in the National Hockey League, of course, by playing more games and getting used to the league and. Connor's area has probably one, been one of the better guys. I mean, he's been great since he stepped into the lineup, but his growth from the time that he's gotten into the Flames lineup earlier in the year until even this point, he's just showing more poise with the puck, bit, like a lot more maturity with it too. Um, so I love when guys hold on to the puck even just a second longer than maybe they did before. That's something you can definitely notice when you watch a guy over time. Um Obviously, there are players that can hang on to the puck as long as they want to. That's the that's the dream there, folks. Um, but uh Connor Zary, just strong effort on the goal to make it uh, 2-0, just taking it to the net really hard. Um, that's how you score goals in the National Hockey League is by getting to the front of the net, um, trying to create chaos there, trying to create havoc. So um impressive play by Zari. Um, and then Jonathan Huberto had a really good game. He was really impressive performance. I know it's been a tough season for him. So that must have felt really good going into Boston, putting up a game like that. That felt like a vintage Jonathan Huberdeau game. Uh, The goal was really, really impressive. Just stripping the puck away and firing a shot that many people don't... He can shoot the puck. I know he's known as a distributor and he had the 72 assist season or whatever it was. But um, he, he can shoot the puck. He can really fire it and among the best in the National Hockey League. So... Uh, Great game by the Flames. Noah Hannafin also scored in Boston too. We'll see if that um, means anything in the long run. We obviously know that there's some questions on the Calgary back end with what to do with Noah Hannafin and what to do with Chris Tanev. Um, I would anticipate that the Flames move on from both before the trade deadline, but we will see. Uh, Contract talks might uh, still be an option for both those guys. Um, And I know that Calgary most likely won't. Wait until closer to the deadline, unless someone comes in really swinging away with a first round pick, or if it's Hannafin, a collection of first round picks. But I definitely could see Boston being an option if Noah Hannafin were to leave Calgary. I know he's from there. Um, but it's a little bit more than that. He's just a good fit on the team. They could, Mac Rislik is getting a bit older the more you think about it. Um, they still have McAvoy and Carlo and some of these other players. I know they brought in and Kirk this year. Um, and he's been pretty solid at times, but long term you could get Noah Hannafin, if you're the Bruins, probably lock him up for eight years at a decent price. So, um, I'm just throwing that out there. You never really know what's gonna happen. he could just as well sign in Calgary for eight more years. So, um, Flames or er, Flames win four to one over the Bruins. Uh, what else did we see? Oh, we also saw the Martin possible misconduct cross checking Brad Marchand in the face in uh front of the net after the whistle kind of a uh, tough look I know Brad Marchand also got a penalty on the play but you can't go cross-check it and he he stepped into him and I don't know if he'll face maybe a fine maybe a game I don't I don't know if he'll really actually face a suspension for something like that and um, the fact that more suspendable plays go unpunished in the NHL than that so maybe the game was just enough for Martin Pospisil but and Brad Marchand didn't look too worse for the wear on that one. So um, we'll see if he awaits a call forever from the league for further punishment, but I doubt it. Um, now, the flip side of that Andre Kuzmenko deal, as we may start calling it, depending on the scoring, but Elias Lindholm does get to, in his first game as a Vancouver Canuck, uh, both on the power play, both in front of the net, both very nice goals. Uh, the That Vancouver power play seems to have found unlocked another piece that already included pieces like Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser and JT Miller um, who have all just been firing the puck in the net at a very high rate especially on the power play um, so Elias Lindholm seemed like the the good fit there that maybe they needed to be one of the best power plays in the NHL so um, but even so he he's brought in to be more than just a power play contributor for the Canucks so uh, we'll see he did play 21-01 so he was all over the game. I saw that. He was giving a ton of effort. You know, he was very amped up to play his first game in Van- or for Vancouver. Um, he has yet to play his first game in Vancouver. Um, but this was also the team he spent the first five seasons of his NHL career with in Carolina before they moved him to Calgary. So in the Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton? No. Um, the Adam Fox Oh, my gosh. Can you look up for me something, Brennan? Could you look up the Elias Lindholm trade from... E-L-I-A-S, and then Lindholm. You'll phonetically spell it out. <laughs> um, from Carolina to Calgary. Who that was for? Because I don't... I'm gonna, I am I want to think on it while I get my other point out, but... Um, oh, it was for uh, Andre Kuzmenko? That was the one that just happened. Oh. That was the one that just happened. Here, I, I'll look it up, actually. Well, this is, again, great radio, but... Um, it does take me. I, I'm not great at doing the, the improv w- little search. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get some mic stands up in here. That That's definitely going to be an addition to the studio is Brendan's got a nice mic stand out there at his little desk area for the producer. But um, we definitely got to get um, better. We got to get better mic stands in here. So. He was traded to Calgary. It was the Adam Fox deal. Dougie Hamilton. I was right. I was right. That was 16th of July, 2018. uh, Or no, 23rd of June, 2018, at the draft. Um, He signed with the Flames, a six-year deal that just expired this year, leading to this trade, um, July 16th of that year. Dougie Hamilton, Michael Ferland, and Adam Fox going to Carolina. And then he did not sign in Carolina. He ended up signing with the New York Rangers and winning the Norris Trophy. Um, that what an interesting deal for both sides. Um, so we'll see. But the, the Flames obviously, uh, you know, happy to get what they got in return. But Elias Lindholm, good, good player. I mean, he, he Vancouver might not be done adding. I've said this a few times. I think that they might still maybe try and add a forward i don't know if they go for another high-end forward like that some cap space might need to be cleared they were going to go for a bigger piece like a jake Ensel. um then you're looking at stanley cup overload um situation in vancouver but um just a good performance all around thatcher demko is really solid too i mean i i know i'm stating the obvious here when it comes to uh talking about a good good players on a good team but it is uh, not to be understated the performances of some of these guys. Carolina's been really good. I know Peter Kachekov didn't have his best game. Um, I'm still really high on the guy. I know it's been a tough season in Carolina. I don't think a lot of the games I watch and he he is a goaltender that sometimes he makes a mistake that you're like, oh no. But um, other times he is outdone by just like maybe tiny mistakes by the defense and um, it just leads to like he he doesn't recover too well. He does make the acrobatic wow saves that, you know, need to do the splits or stretch out or jump, leap across from one end of the crease to the other. But he is not always a, you know, oh, I'm gonna recover like from a rebound, even right around the crease area, super well. Like he he lays on his stomach a little bit sometimes. He's on his back sometimes or on his backside. And um, sometimes it makes it hard for him. Um, obviously, there might have been a little bit of uh, goaltender interference on the JT Miller goal. I don't. It ended up being not, and I think that was the right call. Um, I think it was Kachekov's stick kind of getting into uh, the player in front of the net before JT Miller put it in. So, um, Carolina drops that game. Maybe they look into the goaltending market, even though there doesn't seem to exist much of one right now when it comes to availability around the league. So, yeah. Um, Going away from that game, uh, the other game that was hyped up, and I didn't really hype it up as much because I knew it was going to be a physical slugfest. I didn't know it was going to be a 2-1 low-scoring game as well. Uh, The Panthers, was kind of a surprisingly uninspired effort by them, uh, losing 2-1 to the Philadelphia Flyers. No, Cates gets the game-winning goal. More on him in a minute. Um, But after Paul Maurice's comments, and Paul Maurice has been a notorious guy for just being able to rally his men in a, I call it almost like a war-like effort to get them up even for just like game number 47 on the NHL regular season schedule. So um, he made comments saying it was just going to be a really tough game and against the Flyers. And it was, it was, it was pretty physical, but I also saw a, just a lot of neutral zone play and um, not really, you know, just a lot of stifling in the neutral zone, not, not really a lot of flow to the game and um Noah Cates so Noah Cates I I've been watching him for a while he was really impressive at the Olympics where the United States sent all of their college players mixed in with a few um veterans playing overseas um but Noah Cates was on that team he signed with the Flyers after and he made his mark he had a really good rookie year last year and he might be the the player in the NHL experiencing that so-called sophomore slump the most um it was only a second goal of the year um and like I said, it's it's been a tough go for Noah Keats this season. I hope he figures it out. He's been a healthy scratch a little bit. He's battled a little bit of injury from what I can tell, too. But Tortorella really likes him as a player. And so he's been given a lot of opportunity whenever he is fit enough to be in the lineup. Um, it's just about kind of cashing in on your opportunities. His shooting percentage is a lot lower. I expect that to kind of correct itself a little bit. Maybe he needs to shoot the puck a bit more, too. Um, but it's also just like maybe getting to the areas that put him in position to have the success he did last year um, I don't think he's really going right. I was talked earlier about Connor's area taking the puck to the front of the net front of the net and um, Noah Cates was doing that a lot obviously he scored some goals from distance last year some power play goals he does have a great shot um, but again this is the NHL everybody has a great shot so you have to be able to go to the areas of the ice that a lot of players are unwilling to go to and that's how you'll be rewarded. So um, I, Noah Cates will bust out of it. And John Tortorella, like I said, it's going to give him every opportunity to, to do so. Um, I don't know if he can be sent to Lehigh Valley or if he would need to be on waivers. I, I would assume he would have to be on waivers. I'm not going to take time looking that one up right now, um, but he um, good game by the flyers. They really needed that one after the, they were coming in on a four game slide. The Panthers were coming in on a, uh, a five game slide panthers are coming in on a four-game winning streak so going on the flyers pretty uninspired effort by the panthers that was like i said pretty surprising and um that that was that we'll we'll see it should be an interesting race like i said we've talked about it uh we'll we'll probably get nathan shabby on a little bit more to talk about that um just the the race for some of these last playoff spots in each conference is getting more tight when we spoke with nathan it was a bit more um indiscriminate a bit more who who wants it i guess but nobody really seemed to want it and uh now these teams you see pittsburgh won 3-0 last night they looked really good um philadelphia like that effort yesterday was a very important game to get a win in florida was very big for them florida seems to be uh they'll be fine they'll be fine so um and and i think we might be glossing over the story of the night if we're talking about games from yesterday the The Oilers and their winning streak coming to an end. Vegas wins three to one. Empty net goal by William Carlson. His first game back since January first. Um, good for him. Um, so, but the Oilers' winning streak comes to an end at sixteen. And I think that everybody in um, Edmonton. I think the players are upset. Obviously, they lost the game. They had an opportunity to tie the Penguins, but. I don't know if they were as frustrated. One is Nathan McKinnon getting off the ice yesterday against the New Jersey Devils. That was uh, an interesting sight. But um, the Oilers, when you get to a win streak that pushes to a a number like 16, what I've heard a lot of coaches say and managers is that you can't— by the time you get to 16 games, a lot of people have criticized the Oilers for playing easy teams during that win streak I think you just have to be able to play the the teams that are on your schedule that are right in front of you, um, so that's all you can really do. You can't really pick your opponents, so they just played who they had to play. Um, but when you get to sixteen games, you win games that you shouldn't. Sometimes you do it in sixty minutes. Um, obviously, this isn't the era of ties anymore. There are overtimes in hockey. Every game has a winner and a loser. So, um, you know, getting lucky in a few overtimes, winning some games you shouldn't in 60, winning some games you shouldn't in 65 or 60, like a shootout. I don't know how many shootout wins they had, but um, bad habits will even start to creep into your game. You, you know, maybe not from everybody, but maybe in some players you get a bit of a sense of complacency. Um, I didn't really see that from the Oilers yesterday. I had seen it in some of the games where they might have gotten by by the skin of their teeth. I remember the game against Nashville at home. Uh, they were the better team but they still um were held pretty close by Nashville in that one um so but this was just a a good game Stuart Skinner was really good obviously it was two1 before the Carlson empty netter so um it they just you you have to be able to not take a 16 game winning streak and the fact that that ended and you didn't get to maybe where you wanted to with the fact because they definitely were aware of the fact that the of the penguins record of 17 and everybody was talking about it over the weekend at all-star um especially with connor and leon being there so um you have to just be able to not let that get you down to the point where now you lose two three four in a row before you win one or maybe like six of seven like you, you just can't you have to stay away from that you have to stick to what led you to that streak from the beginning more so than maybe the end of the streak um, but also, you know, maybe we're we're not even talking about the team that won. Vegas is still the champs. They held true to their identity. Um, no Jack Eichel still. Um, so, but Mark Stone is just an incredible leader. You could tell how excited everybody was when Carlson got that empty net goal. Um, March so is just buzzing around the ice. He might be the most underrated player in the league this year. Um, so very very sound performance by a very vegas performance by vegas so um great game great game there that was a good way to end the night if you were the national hockey league Uh, i mentioned the penguins beating the jets 3-0 um that was just a really good game tristan jari with the shutout um brendan Dillon got a game misconduct for his hit on nola chari that one might see a little bit of supplemental discipline from the national hockey league um it'll probably get about one or two games if i were to guess um that is all i'm doing is guessing um we saw the brendan gallagher five, five game suspension a few weeks back for his elbow on adam pellick and uh that one in my opinion could have gone either way it could have been could have been i mean i wouldn't say less but it could have been at five or maybe i, I could have seen seven or even ten for that one i mean that was a pretty vicious elbow to adam Pellick's head. This one was a bit more um, hidden. It was a bit more... I don't know if Brendan Dillon necessarily... You could tell he went in with his shoulder, um, but that might have just been more so an unfortunate head positioning uh, on Achari's end. It's a tough play. It's a tough play. He he was coming in with speed, and Brendan Dillon was right there, and... um, I, we'll see if that, that I know Brendan Dylan. Bre- Brendan Dylan has a little bit of a history. I don't think he is considered a repeat offender, however, by the NHL's uh, standard. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that leads to anything. That was kind of the most, um, Jesse Puglia, R.V. also played his first game as a Pittsburgh penguin. Um, was skating pretty well for, for a guy that just had hip surgery. Um, so good on him to be back in the national hockey league again. I know that was, uh, something he really wanted. And, um, what else do we have on the board? Obviously, Dallas beat Buffalo yesterday. I have to admit that was the game I did not watch with um, six games all at the same time of the eight games. And the seventh starting only 30 minutes after, I had to uh, pick which games I was going to watch. And it was the Sabres and Stars that missed that, that just missed the cut on that one. Um, I did watch the highlights. Uh, Ukopeka Lukanen was very good. Um, but Matt Duchesne scores and Sam Steele scores for the Stars. And that was, that was that, that ended up being that Jake Ottinger was phenomenal. I don't, I know it was 47 saves, but um, Buffalo didn't really uh, get to those high danger scoring areas, probably as much as they wanted to with a 48 shot performance, because they definitely had the opportunity. Dallas seemed a little bit more on their heels in that one, but um, great game by Jake Ottinger Good game by Ukapeka-Lukin in two at a time when I know Devin Levi was sent to Rochester to get games in. For the Amherst before or during the during the break, so um I, we'll see if Ukepekulukin gets the gets the run of games here. Um, what else do we have? So we expect a formal announcement from the NHL for something we already know that the Winter Classic will be held just down the street in Wrigley Field, uh, and that the Blackhawks will play the Blues. If it is not that, I will probably cry. No, um, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, I am very excited for the city for this. I know I mentioned this yesterday, but the league is going to do everything they can to showcase Connor Bedard when they have the opportunity to don't be surprised if this is the only, like if this isn't the only outdoor game that Chicago gets, whether they are a home participant or an away participant, um, probably look for them. I, I could see a, a matchup with the Red Wings, maybe in Detroit. I could see in the future, I'm talking maybe five years down the line, but the game here in Wrigley Wrigley is just an iconic field. Um, people, people who come to Chicago, we, we live here. So we, I feel maybe have a bit more of a, um, not maybe just what's the opposite for, of appreciation. What am I looking for? Um, we just understand that it's there, but we don't maybe appreciate it for what it is, you know? And the fact that it is uh, one of the most iconic baseball fields in the world and that it's existed for as long as it has. And, um, summers at wrigley are very fun the city becomes very lively around the field the fact that it's like right in the middle of a neighborhood too in in a big city like chicago is very cool um normally they're around baseball stadiums and other venues are around condos and apartment or high-rise apartment buildings but like not really um you go to like rogers center down in toronto um that's like it, it right in the downtown heart of the city um near the water so um wrigley's got just like it's going to be an incredible event i'm sure they're going to make the area around it very lively and there's probably going to be a lot of um fan events for the nhl i know it's probably going to be cold out uh being january 1st but it everybody like it'll sell out very quickly we'll have to get tickets right away um so i know i'm probably going to grab a couple when they um go on sale and um yeah other than that we have three games around the nhl tonight like i said only two at the same time um i'm looking forward to uh the stars taking on the leafs we'll see if we see jay gottinger again in that the leafs didn't really change much up at practice yesterday when it came to the lines even though we heard the comments from sheldon Keefe on monday um or on tuesday that was yesterday um but hard to get these days in line folks um when we're, we're doing, doing what we're doing here and uh, running a hockey team as well. Um, so it is a lot, but we, it should be an exciting game. Um, Bolts at the Rangers, too. I'm excited to see what that one looks like. Um, Tampa Bay really needs a big second-half surge here. If they're going to assert themselves into that conversation or whether we're going to start maybe asking some more questions about Tampa Bay. Um, and the Rangers obviously got a big win um the other night and we'll see how they uh we'll see if they're able to get it going they obviously won the game against the avalanche on monday um just good hockey all around good hockey all around even even the hawks game tonight i know we're we're gonna try and get maybe uh uh, someone to talk about the hawks either either lee or um we're going to some, get somebody to come on and talk Hawks with us a little bit, and we'll do a really deep dive into the team. And we eventually hope to do a Blackhawks show on here. Um, that would be really cool, getting some guys in two, three days a week to really just, like, get into the Blackhawks and give everybody the scoop on what's going on with the team here. But we're going to do a deep dive on the Hawks because I know a lot of people are down on them, but there should be a ton of reason for hope with the Blackhawks going forward. Um, we do have the game, like I said, uh, the NHL Winter Classic this upcoming year um, anticipate the Hawks trying to make themselves better for that Um, not just for the game but then Connor Bedard is going to develop as a hockey player a lot quicker than I mean he's already phenomenal he's already in my mind a top 40 player in the National Hockey League right now and there's no reason he can't enter the top 10 15 20 range by the time January 1st 2025 rolls around so, I mean, I know that the Hawks have time. They've re-signed players such as Jake, Jason Dickinson and Peter Morazic and um, Nick Foligno to contract extensions for two years, which we'll see to the end of Connor Bedard's rookie deal. But maybe there's something to be said about trying to add some pieces uh, while Connor Bedard is still on his rookie deal and maybe trying to be competitive, especially if this year you get a high pick, maybe first overall Macklin Celebrini um then maybe you dip into the free agency market a little bit and see if you can add a few more pieces to the back end and maybe you're a bit more competitive next year than everybody thinks um so uh that the hawks in the wild should be a good game minnesota might be sneaky sellers this year when it comes to the trade deadline obviously there's not a lot of sellers out there we have the teams in california we have um anaheim and san jose uh calgary will probably be a seller in some capacity um columbus might try and look to move off a piece or two but some of these teams too like these players are locked into certain contracts um there's a few ufas of interest like labushkin and anaheim might be a good player that uh, gets moved for a piece at the deadline um but there's not a ton of sellers so i could see the minnesota wild as being kind of an unexpected team that might look to try and move off from a piece or two or three. Um, I know the talk out there in the hockey media sphere has been Marc-Andre Fleury and more specifically Marc-Andre Fleury to the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I have to admit that I would love to see that. That would be really cool. Um, But I don't know that Marc-Andre Fleury necessarily wants to leave Minnesota. Um, It's been a lot, I think, going from you know originally pittsburgh to vegas that was a big shock i know he ended up loving vegas which made the move to chicago all the more awkward um especially considering they traded him for i think it was uh timu hardikainen i don't know someone who didn't end up playing a game for vegas and um an inconsequential deal it was just to move on from cap space and make room for robin leonard who has not really played much since then either himself so um I don't know that Marc-Andre Fleury necessarily wants to be moved. I'm not really saying that. But um, we'll see if maybe there's a couple other pieces or two in Minnesota. Um, Maybe some depth guys. Maybe some guys that want to play more playoff games. Thinking of maybe like a Patrick Maroon type. Somebody may, you know, pay a fourth-round pick for Patrick Maroon. That would be an excellent return for a player like that. He's having a great season um, in his first year in Minnesota coming from Tampa. So um, all the games tonight are really good games. Uh, We'll see... The goaltending interests me in the Bolts Rangers one. Uh, we'll see if we get Baslavsky in net. We'll see if we get Shostak in net, or if we see another Jonathan Quick game because Jonathan Quick was very excellent on Monday against the Avalanche. Um, and then the the Leaf Stars too. The Stars just went into Buffalo and withheld the the fort and um, held held the fort. I guess withheld the fort, um, held the fort down, and um, the Buffalo onslaught that came. Uh, well, I don't think we'll necessarily see Jake Ottinger again, although I wouldn't believe that... It, I would be hard-pressed to believe that he can't go two nights in a row. He is definitely a workhorse-type netminder. So um, he probably wants the game, too. Uh, we'll probably see Sam net for the Leafs. He's been great uh, in the last, his last, like, four or five games. They've been really excellent. So um, I think they have some more lineup issues to figure out in Toronto. I think the Ford, uh, everybody... Around the team seems to be talking about the defense being a question mark. Players like Brody, um, players like um, Lily Grin, I know. Um, the Morgan Riley slander is unbelievable. I can't believe that people think that uh, Morgan Riley could be any of the issues when he's far and away the most valuable defenseman on that blue line. Um, but I think the questions might be more so up front. Um, the fourth line is a little bare if you are Toronto right now and so was the third line too a little bit um some people I I think Max Domi's having a great year um he's getting a lot of uh question marks in the media but I still think that he he's been good even though um it's not necessarily coming up in terms of goals I think his points are still there um he's contributing there are games where he is the most noticeable player and um Someone like Noah Greger being promoted to the third line, which we will probably see tonight in action, um, we can see how that goes. I mean, uh, some I, I think it's more on a player like Tyler Bertuzzi to step up and uh, put a few pucks in the back of the net. I'm sure that'd make him feel really good um, getting going. He seems to be—I mean, he played a great game on Monday in the loss to the Islanders, but— it's all about uh putting the puck in the back of the net and once once one goes in i promise a few more will go in for him um other than that that should wrap us up here today we're gonna we're gonna keep it short we're gonna be done nice and early today and uh we'll be back at you tomorrow on thursday and uh we hope everybody has a lovely rest of your day and rest of your morning we will uh, speak to you soon